Hi, whenever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, we set up a small team and, and we realized that, you know, there is a definite big shift uh, happening in the US. Uh, so that made us feel that, look, I think if we try to grow organically, it would take us a lot of time. So, uh, and as we were looking out, uh, you know, we... Uh, we found a very good uh, company growing very fast that's after these headlines hyundai group is planning to introduce a new generation hydrogen based fuel cell system in 2023 as part of the automaker's plan to achieve a fuel cell vehicle price point comparable to a battery electric vehicle by 2030 hyundai which is the world's third biggest automaker by output already supplies commercial vehicles that are powered by its hydrogen fuel cell systems including its Nexo SUV, Elec City Bus and Exient fuel cell truck. Hyundai is planning the electrification of all of its new commercial vehicle models by 2028 featuring fuel cell electric or battery electric powertrains as well as the application of fuel cell systems the company said in a press release yesterday. Meanwhile, Toyota Motor Corp, the world's largest automaker by volume, said on Tuesday that it would spend more than 13.5 billion dollars by 2030 to develop batteries and its battery supply system. The company is working on presenting its first all-electric lineup of models next year. Google has announced this year's cohort of candidates chosen for its Women Founders Academy and it includes two entrepreneurs from India, Monica Mehta, founder of Zelt AI, and Lena Emanuel who founded Brainsight AI. Monica started Zelt AI in July 2020 with the goal of creating a digital hospital at home solution to ensure timely interventions and better outcomes. Lena's Brainsight AI is building a neuroinformatics platform that uses technology to help answer questions about neuro-oncological and neuropsychiatric disorders. The Women Founders Academy is a 12-week program that offers founders training to sharpen their leadership skills build strong teams and address their unique growth needs google said in a blog post they will take part in workshops connect with a community of google advisors venture capitalists and business executives and receive mentoring from dedicated subject matter experts this year's women founders come from five countries in the asia pacific india indonesia japan korea and singapore climbworks a swiss company which makes modular direct air capture carbon dioxide traps is launching its first large plant today called Orca. The new plant located at the geothermal power facility of On Power, a company in Iceland, will be able to permanently remove 4000 tons of carbon dioxide from the air per year according to a press release. The direct air capture machines run on clean energy themselves to suck in air and capture carbon dioxide using custom made filters. When the filters are full, the carbon is separated, mixed with water and pumped deep into the ground where they will eventually turn to stone. Climeworks has partnered with an Icelandic company called Carbfix for this technology. Capillary Technologies is a successful software as a service company out of Bangalore, focusing on customers in the retail sector. Yesterday, the company announced an interesting acquisition of a company called Persuade in the US that will both help take capillary solutions to large customers in america and also take its products in the consumer loyalty space a notch higher in its existing markets in india and southeast asia as well i spoke to anish reddy co-founder and ceo of capillary to learn a bit more about this acquisition 
here's how our conversation went anish uh, welcome to this podcast and uh, thank you for making time for this uh, and it's good to catch up with you again uh, and uh, of course capillary is well known in the retail tech industry uh, but for uh, folks who are not familiar with your work uh, perhaps you could give us a snapshot of your work and what capillary does and we'll go from there thanks for having me uh, here so uh very quickly on 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 capillary uh we are a software as a service uh, uh play we are about 13 years old now uh we started off with loyalty and crm for uh retail so if you if you got points or coupons what you bought in a retail store uh over the last 10 years good chance uh that would be from uh a platform you know the, the retailer would be using our our platform there over the years we we uh, branched out to uh verticals other than retail like conglomerates oil and gas uh and and you know direct to consumer uh and things like that uh the other thing that we do at capillary also is we power uh e-commerce uh for a lot of uh brands uh so if you bought if you bought on a biba uh .in or an indianterrain.com or a spar uh or an asic for that matter all those sites also run on us uh you know so those those are the two things we do we power loyalty for roughly about uh you know 10% of organized retail and consumer uh brands in 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 india and we do a lot of work on the e-commerce side as well hmm. so more specifically today uh, what are your main uh, products and platforms at capri what would you call your flagship products and platforms uh I think Hari, our 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 loyalty and uh, customer engagement stack has, you know, we started off with that, and that continues to be our uh, big flagship uh, uh, product. I think we have a best-in-class product globally on on loyalty. Uh, you know, we we get covered in a lot of analyst reports on the loyalty space, uh, and pretty much the best of analysts, right? Whether it's a Gartner or a Forrester or any of them. Uh, and uh the other product we have is the e-commerce uh uh product uh which is more uh issue specific is more uh suited for the mid mid-sized brand uh you know uh as 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 they move from offline to online and in in uh, that sense we have a third product which is a ai based customer intelligence uh, product for offline stores uh you know you you covered us in in uh, forbes a few times on that product uh where we help uh, you know uh, uh get good analytics in the offline store uh how many customers have come over buying what kind of customers are converting uh trying trying get similar kind of analytics in the uh, in the offline world as you would get in an online world right so these three are really our uh, main products and the the loyalty one uh you know is is, is uh, uh has been our flagship for many years now hmm. give us a sense of uh, what has been happening since covid in the retail sector of course in general we know that many more people have gone online and online shopping has increased much more mainstream uh beyond that maybe you could give us a sense of some of the important uh, trends that you have seen right so i think uh, uh, uh i think hari obviously you know the lockdown meant uh, that offline had to shut for a good 60 days right uh, if not if not for more in in most places and that meant you uh, didn't have a lot of tailwinds on the e-commerce side and we have a, a e-commerce business as well 
and uh, which did phenomenally well through the last uh, uh, through the last 12 18 months so there has definitely been a switch to uh, switch to online uh, but what we seeing now right i mean as the pandemic is 18 months old and as you seeing uh, lockdowns coming in going out uh, depending on which market uh, you are in uh what we seeing hari is that there has been let's say a 10% overall switch to online right so if if you were a brand where you know 90% of revenue came from came from your own stores and from you know uh key accounts or large format stores you were selling to or mbos you were selling to and 10% came from you know e-commerce marketplaces your own.com that has probably switched to 80% coming from offline and about 20% going to e-commerce so in that sense it's been great growth on the e-commerce side but especially you know as the two bought over and as we've seen uh customers coming back to stores uh we are seeing most brands are at around the 80ish percent plus of uh july august 2019 right uh so we are seeing a significant especially when you're looking at uh markets where stores are open right i mean if you obviously uh you don't count it for let's say a, a bombay or still a lot of stores are closed or things like that but when you're looking at like for like you know where stores are open they're almost all of them are in the 70 to 90% of august uh july august 2019 uh so in that sense we're seeing a 10% moving to moving to online uh now that i would say is one big trend uh the other big trend that we're uh, seeing uh is you know earlier uh, hari uh, a lot of online or marketplace has traditionally been a inventory liquidation model right i had old season stock i would take it to a a marketplace sell it at a discount get rid of it you know in, in a lot of fashion and discretionary businesses uh, uh, hari what doesn't sell kills you right so a lot of the inventory just piling on uh, kills you and i think where the marketplaces were very very useful was they gave all they gave brands and a lot of consumer uh, uh discretionary spend categories a great place to liquidate inventory right so you would give some discount the marketplace would give some discount and you would sell that stuff off right so i think what's happened in the pandemic I, I, and then you know a lot of your um profits would actually come from the offline business right all the margins would actually come from retail and would come from you know what you're selling to uh you know large large format stores and things like that uh now what's happened in the pandemic is you know the customer who was not looking for a discount because he couldn't go to the store and buy had to find somewhere else to buy so we are actually seeing a lot of uh you know brand loyal customers moving to the own.com uh if i Uh, when you know when you have the latest season where it's not just old stock lying for discount uh, so we seeing a lot of full ticket purchases also happening on the brand.com right uh, and i think that's a that's a second big trend right so uh, we in fact you know last year pivoted our e-commerce business to say uh, we won't only do a platform business but would also help our customers with you know the other enablers like you know uh, analytics digital marketing uh, you know merchandising consulting and some of that stuff and obviously take a much larger uh, share of the pie and that business has done phenomenally well for us
you know, and, and it's been profitable right from day one because just the undercurrent and the tailwinds were just so high that, uh, you know, you, you had like your best customers moving from, uh, you know, buying offline in your, uh, in your retail stores to moving online and wanting to buy the same category and, and the same spread online. Right. So I, I would say these two are the, are the big trends. Uh, uh, the third big trend, Hari, has been, you know, a lot of conglomerates, a lot of large businesses are, are, are investing in trying to get all their customer data into one place across the group. Right. I mean, you hear a lot of the super apps, right, which is essentially a lot of brands coming in to say, look, can I, can I get a single view of my customer across? Can I get a common, you know, customer engagement and loyalty program across? So I would say these three have been the big trends. Uh, that have happened through the uh, through the last 12 18 months hmm. amongst your uh, best or biggest customers uh, in terms of the ones who have who have uh, been historically the uh, most advanced in the way they have uh, adopted technology and your technologies uh, in the loyalty space uh, today uh, what is considered uh, state of the art you know, i think uh, um, uh, you know i can probably give a couple of good examples there uh, yeah, so uh, I, I do think what's happening in, in loyalty, uh, Hari, and I, I think this will echo with you as a consumer as well, is uh, uh, you know, loyalty is moving from what used to be a transaction system where you got points and coupons earlier to being more of an engagement system, right? So a lot of gamification, a lot of, you know, badges, uh, things like that are taking over, uh, right? So... One of the large, I think one of the largest fashion retailers in the country, uh, we did this very interesting thing uh, between, uh, 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 you know, I think Google Pay and us, uh, where it was a game of cricket during IPL last year. You know, where you would play that, you would get some points, which you could then go and redeem in the store, right? So, uh, so loyalty has, has moved a lot more towards behavioral and, you know, engagement-led uh, interaction than, you know, giving you points or coupons and, and things like that, right? So, uh, and the good piece is, uh, given digital has just exploded, right? I mean, consumers are willing to download more apps, spend more time, uh, payments has exploded. Uh, given some of that, the avenues to also engage beyond just a transaction uh, have also grown quite quite a bit. So I would say, if you ask me the two big, big moves uh, on loyalty, I think, one is definitely towards subscription loyalty, you know, so where consumers are willing to pay something uh, uh, upfront and, you know, get more benefits, uh, uh, you know, like like the Amazon Prime type program. Uh, we're seeing a big move to that in a lot of categories. Uh, and the second, I would say, is this whole, uh, you know, adding this whole new, new dimension of behavior-led uh, interaction or you know, clickstream-led interaction and some of that, uh, and just walking beyond, you know, what used to be just give points for purchases or coupons for purchases type stuff. Mm. You've just announced uh, an acquisition in the loyalty space. Uh, tell us about that. As I mentioned, Hari, I think the, the whole loyalty tech space is kind of going through a big transition, you know, uh, given, I would say, two large parts. Uh, so one is, you know, I think consumers... Loyalty has become about what happens between the two transactions than about giving you points at the end of each transaction, right? So, and and what that's meant is that a lot of the uh, 
globally, a lot of the uh, older loyalty players are struggling to invest in technology stacks and 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 also there's a business model disruption, right? Like what we're able to do is, you know, give you like great propensity, great personalization, right? You know, using tech at a fraction of the cost, what some of these large behemoth loyalty players would charge brands like, you know, $50,000 for a simple propensity model, which today in our tool happens with two clicks, right? So by just using AI and some of that. So we're seeing a big overhaul happening in the US and Western markets on, on the loyalty space, right? So we're seeing a lot of large Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies moving to uh, newer, better uh, AI-powered platforms, which give you far better you know, speed and analytics, as well as which don't rely on you know, day and data of transactions, but are a lot more real-time, can deal with behavior data, can deal with... You know, so that, that is one big move uh, that we're seeing uh, happen in the US as well. And uh, you know, so through the pandemic, you know, the world was flat. So we could speak to a lot of customers sitting here in India, uh, right? So, uh, so we we won a couple of good customers uh, in in you know the first quarter of this year, January March. We set up a small team, and and we realized that you know there is a definite big shift uh, happening in the US. Uh, so that made us feel that look, I think if we try to grow organically, it would take us a lot of time. So, uh, and as we were looking out. Uh, you know, we uh, we found a very good uh, company growing very fast. You know, they've grown, they've, they've tri- tripled in the last uh, year. They've done as much revenue in the first six months as they did in all of last year. Uh, and great founders. This is they built multiple loyalty companies in the past uh, between both the founders and understand the space really well. Right? They they, they saw this move and uh, uh, have built a platform which uh, kind of suits suits this uh, for a for a, a young company they've won multiple fortune 100 and multiple fortune 500 customers and uh, we felt that look I think uh, I, I think uh, uh, getting them on board uh, to become our US business uh, for capillary uh, would be the right thing to do so we we, we, uh, we we're getting persuaded and the team on board uh, you know as uh, as capillary US uh, you know, so it'll be another. So we'll have three growth uh, engines now. One is the uh, Asia business, where we're seeing a lot of love from conglomerates, oil and gas, you know, FMCG customers on the loyalty side. The second uh, growth engine uh, being, you know, the e-commerce, uh, uh, full-stack e-commerce business I was telling you about. And the third uh, is this, you know, the US uh, uh, angle, uh, right? So we'll be seeing very good growth again. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's the uh, persuaded acquisition for you. We're getting a very solid team, uh, at least you know uh, two or three Fortune hundred, Fortune five hundred customers as part of the, uh, uh, and and quite a few who would fall in the uh, Fortune thousand uh, in the US as as part of the uh, customer set that persuade hires. So very very excited about uh, you know uh, about doing this and. Finally, you know, opening up the US, right? I mean, uh, we were very lucky to have built a good business in Asia and uh, could delay entering the US for so long, but so be it. You know, uh, very excited about entering the US now. Mm. To give us a sense of how the the combination of uh, capillary and persuade uh, brings you the kind of synergies that could uh, 
you know, uh, really help you uh, penetrate the U.S. market? I think, uh, 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 Hari, so as I said, Persuade works with uh, some of the very large Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 uh, companies on the uh, on the loyalty side uh, in the U.S. Uh, you know, and they, they, they also have very good customers in you know, hospitality, travel, uh, which are new sectors for us. Uh, but typically, the Persuade platform has been a very large enterprise-focused uh, platform. And... Uh, as you know, in capillary, you know, uh, we tend to do mid-market and large enterprises. So we do believe that uh, we can add significant growth uh, in the U.S. by through a platform like ours being offered to, uh, you know, not just the Fortune 500 and the Fortune 100, but to, let's say, the next, you know, 500, 2,000 uh, or, or four, 5,000 companies, right, in, in that bucket. And, and also for the capillary platform, you know, we are, we are much wider than just loyalty, right? We have a uh, bunch of these very good AI use cases on personalization, on propensity, on, you know, gamification, et cetera, uh, uh, which I think would be very relevant to the existing Persuade uh, customers as well. And similarly, uh, you know, I think the Persuade business, um, you know, has significant experience and great loyalty design and uh, customer experience, uh, right? So just given both the founders have, have built, you know, a gazillion uh, successful uh, loyalty programs in the West, and, and we hope to leverage that experience in some of the larger customers that we work with in Asia, right? So uh, I think there's enough opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, to have persuade customers use the capillary platform as well as the capillary customers use the uh, uh, Persuade uh, team experience. And besides, I think uh, our platform would lend itself very well to mid-market and large enterprise in the US and hence expand the addressable market that Persuade has today, where they focus only on the very large enterprises in the US. Mm. Give us a glimpse into the AI-powered uh, shopping experiences uh, that you're envisioning in the coming years? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think AI is being useful on, on two sides, right? One is to like just improve experience for the consumer in the store. And you've seen some of our, our, our products on this. We have a, uh, you know, where we could help a store assistant, a store staff basically say, what are the right products to cross-sell or upsell to this customer or what are their preferences based on what they've bought? Uh, you know, and 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 uh, and deliver this whole experience through a, an app on you know the staff's phone, right? So, uh, so we're seeing quite some uptake to that. Uh, we're calling that product Pesto Max, uh, right? So, uh, where the idea is, you know, you can enable the average uh, sales assistant to really deliver a you know a personal assistant like experience to a. a uh, a loyal or, or past customer. Uh, the other thing that we are uh, uh, also seeing is, uh, you know, earlier, uh, you know, if a brand had to uh, really personalize and, you know, run very targeted uh, engagements with consumers, it was just very, very hard, uh, right? You needed a massive analytics team. You needed, uh, you know, uh, uh, you needed to pay a large agency, you know, and, and folks have built billion-dollar businesses in the U.S. on, you know, these charging $50,000 for a propensity model, which, 
happens on two clicks within uh, with a ai model right so uh, so that is the other big deal right so i, I do think uh, you know your ability to really personalize at an individual level uh, has just crazily gone up uh, given ai uh, and some of that coming in so i would say these two uh, would be uh, as this becomes more mass uh, right mass personalization as you would call it uh i think will be the two big moves i also do think you know at some time as as investments in offline retail uh will continue to grow uh you know you're seeing some of this very interesting cool stuff that's happening at you know the amazon go stores or at uh at at, at walmart stores uh where you know like uh, a consumer can just go pick and, and walk through right so uh i think that would happen at at a very big scale for the average retailer out there or the average brand out there right so that tech is out there i think unfortunately the pandemic uh, and you've seen some of that tech from us right so i think the pandemic just made it harder for folks to invest in offline right so as 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 the pandemic uh, subsides and as offline takes away i do think uh, some of that tech would be broadly available across uh, many more retailers Hmm. Since you mentioned uh, gamification, it just kind of jogged my memory. You know, with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and others again uh, talking more about this uh, so-called metaverse. I'm just sort of thinking aloud. Uh, are you seeing some of your uh, large customers who are tech savvy looking at engaging their customers, their, I mean, their end consumers in the metaverse? And is that something that is relevant to Capillary's work? Uh, I don't know if we spoke about this earlier, Hari, but you know, we we have a a small business in china right where we work with 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 a lot of brands and i do think china is like a few years ahead of the us and asia for sure right on on some of this and it's crazy right i mean you have just so much on on uh, avatars and like uh, a, a good number of points that we give out in some of our programs in china are actually burnt in buying avatars or in playing games right so uh, and and it's like you know if you're a if you are a north face fan uh, why would you not want a north face avatar on some game you're playing right so um, and, and and so instead of buying using the points to buy something offline you use those points to buy avatar for yourselves right so so uh, i do think uh, and, and you know today uh, I, i think especially the next generation is just i mean they're digitally native right i mean they're not offline native right so uh, I do think uh, I do think some of that will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Uh, very interesting conversation, Anish. As always, I learn something every time I speak with you. Thank you so much for uh, making time for this, uh, and I hope to keep the conversation going. My pleasure, Ali. Always, always great to speak to you. That was Anish Reddy. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.